You're listening to the Enlighten Me podcast, and I'm your host, Mackenzie. In this week's episode, as you probably noticed, I am sharing part one of my conversation with Diamond Downs. Diamond is the owner of a fragrance company called Giotti, where she sells products like soy candles, air fresheners, and this amazing thing you're going to learn about called shower bombs. I have already ordered two of these for myself because I think they sound so amazing, so make sure you listen up so you get to hear what those are. Normally, I try to keep my episodes right around an hour or an hour and a half because I know I can't hold people's attentions for too long, but this conversation was so good that I just did not want to cut anything out. I loved every point that Diamond made and everything she had to share, and I learned a ton from her, so I wanted to make sure I left it all in for you guys to enjoy as well. So that's why I decided to split it into two parts. Part one this week and part two will be releasing in two weeks from now. I think Diamond is just an amazing person, and this way there's more of her to go around, so enjoy. In today's conversation, Diamond and I are talking all about her business and how she got it started, and how she runs it while managing to be a single mom of a precious two-year-old boy. Being a single mom was not what Diamond had planned for her life at all, but due to a tragic accident, it's where she found herself. And she had to make a tough decision at that time, whether she would continue in the risk of running her own business that had barely gotten off the ground, or if she would take the safe route and go with a more traditional job. As you can guess, she stuck with it and decided to keep running Giotti and following her dream of being a business owner. So today we're talking all about that, and in this specific episode, we're going to talk about some of the stereotypes and myths about being a single mom, as well as some of the truths that we need to know about single parents. I think this is a super relevant conversation as we're seeing more and more single parents, in particular single moms, in our society. I could personally relate to this conversation because I was raised by a single mom and had two single parents myself. Again, it's something that we're seeing more and more in our world today and something that we all need to be aware of. And Diamond's going to offer some great points for those of us that have single parents in our lives for how we can love and serve them better. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with my new friend, Diamond, who is just an amazing woman and she's going to inspire you to no end. Are you ready? Here we go. All right. Hey, Diamond. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on today. Can you just start by telling us about yourself and introducing yourself for everybody? Absolutely. So my name is Diamond, and I am the founder of a, I I like to call it a fragrance company. I make different products. Um, The products vary from soy candles to multi-purpose air freshener sprays. And then one of our newest products that we have developed are called shower bombs. So um, that's where I am right now. I've been in business for, well, I started in 2011 and that was right in college. Well, well, right out of college. And Mm -hmm. I started as a jewelry designer. That's my trade. But then as years have gone on, I've decided that, you know, hey, I want to do something different. And what I realized was that soy candles, anything that had to do with um, fragrances and making fragrances and um, wax, (laughs) um, I had a passion for. So it was like a side hobby Mm -hmm. thing. And then I ended up 
giving it to friends and family members for the holidays. And they said, you got, you really have to turn this into a business. So I just said, well, you know what? I've already branded and um, trademarked my name Giotti. So why not just go and file under the classifications of fragrances and turn it into more than just a side hobby. So that is now taking over my jewelry. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So did you study business in college or like how did you, you know, were you always thinking someday you would be a business owner or be in business or how did that kind of happen? So... No, I did not study business in college. I went to a design school. It's called Savannah College of Art and Design. And I initially started out thinking I was going to be a fashion designer until I started making those those courses. (laughs) And I realized that sewing was not my thing. (laughs) So I needed to hurry up. I was about in my second year. I needed to hurry up and make a decision because it was um, approaching my main classes, my my main courses, and Mm -hmm. I just knew that I could not survive another two more years in college. And so that's when I decided to take the business side of fashion where I learned how to brand, how um, how to market. So I I don't want to necessarily say that they were like business business courses because it, it was yeah. more on the creative side. Yeah. I had to learn my business courses after really I graduated and I just jumped into being a business owner. I did not have any plans of being a business owner right out of college. I had plans that I would think a lot of girls who are in a design school, they hope to, you know, land a great job in New York or LA and, you know, just live that life, fashion shows and, you know, all that. So I thought that was going to be me. And sad, it wasn't. So I had to kind of just create my own thing once I graduated. So the next best thing for me was um, jewelry because I already like in high school, started taking courses on that, just like on the side. And um, I just kind of developed that a little bit more because I needed to make a means of, you know, some, I mean, I had to take care of myself. So um, that's how my business started out in jewelry. And then as time went on, I just decided that I would still do jewelry because I developed a clientele for it. However, I wanted to get more into what I'm doing now. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. But so with the products that you sell, you said it kind of just happened naturally. Were you like always interested in, I don't want to call them beauty products, but like kind of the... Well, fragrances. So um, well, yes and no. So before I went to college, my mom was... Well, my mom still is a hairstylist, and so she's always owned hair salons, and okay. she's she and she wasn't just like the owner. I mean, she was actually a stylist. So I grew up in the beauty salon industry. Okay, and you know, I was her shampoo assistant um, mm-hmm. forever for so many many yeah. years. Yeah, and. I feel like it was then, because I started when I was 12 working for her. So I I feel like it was then that um, I started to learn a little bit about, 
about business, but at the same time, I mean, I'm still a kid at the time. So I didn't take it as this is the, the path that I was going to take. Right. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. It was just like one day I was sitting in my kitchen and I was looking online, just looking up different fragrances and just, I don't know what, I I honestly just don't know what made me do that. And as I started researching different products that you could add fragrance to, that's when I started realizing, oh my gosh, you can make candles, you can make fragrance sprays, you can make bath bombs, you can make shower bombs, you can, all this stuff, just all of those products just kind of came into play. And so then what I did was I started taking classes and just educating myself even further on how to develop fragrances and how to make my actual, my own candles and bombs myself. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. That's so, I always like to think about how you never really expect yourself to like be where you're at in life. Like if, if you look back and you're like, if five years ago, someone had told me this is where I would be like, you never would have expected it. So that's really cool that it kind of just fell into your lap. But you're obviously really talented at it. And so I have to ask, what is a shower bomb? Because I know what a bath bomb is, but I haven't heard of the shower bomb before. Okay, so for those of you out there who don't always have the time to take a bath, (laughs) you just have to hop into a shower. Right. Most of um, us, probably. <laughs> a shower bomb, it acts as a bath bomb, if that makes sense, except for, for a shower. So what it is, it's the same shape. Well, no, it's not. It's a little bit flatter than a, an actual um, bath bomb. What you do is you, it's a tablet that you set across, directly across from your shower head, and you let the steam from your shower and a little bit of water hit hit the bomb and it activates the aroma. So it's literally like turning your shower into a spa oasis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, that sounds amazing. It's super cool. And the difference between a shower bomb and a bath bomb is once you drop the bath bomb in your bath water, it's over. Yeah. And a shower bomb will last you anywhere from two to three days, depending upon if you're sharing a shower with a person and how many showers you're taking in a day. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. What a great idea. I love that. <laughs> okay. So how did you come up with the name for your business? So Giotti. Okay. It's spelled G-E-H-A-T-I. A lot of people pronounce it Jihadi, but the H is silent. So it's okay. just Giotti. Giotti. And... Yes, Giotti. So initially, when I was um, doing jewelry, I, I needed a name that I could trademark. So if you are starting a business, you will realize you'll come up with a cool name and then you go into the um, United States Trademark Association, you go into their little search engine and it's like that name is somewhere else. Right. And it's like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> you go through so many names before yeah. you can finally get one. And so I just wanted a made up name. So I called my brother. I have a younger brother. He's four years younger than me. And I said, listen, my back is up against the wall because I need a name for my business. And so he's always been into 
Victoria's Secret models. So there was this particular model. Her name is B. Audi. And it's spelled like G. Audi, except for with the B. So he said, name it B. Audi. And I said, B. Audi. Okay, well, it sounds a little bit like Bugatti, which is a foreign car, expensive foreign car. So I guess. And so um, I went and I went and I tried to trademark it. And sure enough, Biotti trademarked her name in accessories at the time. Because, again, I started out as a jewelry designer. So I I just took out a piece of paper and pen. And I just literally went down the alphabet. And when I got to G, that's that was it. Giotti. <laughs> I didn't get past yeah. G. <laughs> uh. So that's how my name started. So it really it, it happened. It, it doesn't have any particular meaning. It's just something that I made up. <laughs> yeah. No, that's interesting. I always like hearing kind of how that happens for other people because I know when I was starting this podcast, that was probably one of the hardest points for me, like partly because I'm really indecisive, but it's just hard because like once you think of something you actually like and it and you like get a little bit attached to it, then you look and you're like, dang it, somebody already has a website called that or whatever. And so it's really challenging. I know I made like all my friends like vote and I had like 20 options out on the table. It's that's like one of the harder parts I feel like of getting started. It really is. <laughs> it really is. And it, it will make you if you don't catch it in the beginning with finding the right name and yeah. you just go out there and start just creating your business and then getting business cards and labels and all the branding things that goes into make, you know, whatever, then you will have to change up, literally rebrand yourself. And so it's a tough process. That's why I say my best advice to any entrepreneur getting started is get the name and the logo up front, make sure that it's not already somewhere else. And, you know, get that out the way. Right. Yeah, that's good advice. Okay, so I want to talk more about kind of your story with getting your business started. Um, you shared a little bit with me already about your story. And you kind of said this already that being a business owner wasn't necessarily what you always planned on. And you're also a single mom, which we haven't talked about yet. And that's also not something you were planning on doing or expected to happen in your life. So can you kind of tell us your story with that? And And then we'll talk about how that kind of contributed to you being a business owner and entrepreneur, but just kind of your story from that beginning. Sure. So being a single mom, okay, well, let me start, let me start by saying I did not have my son until I was 28. I'm 30. I'm newly a 30 year old. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I made it. (laughs) But, um, I didn't have my son until I was 28 years old. And typically, like, you know, um, back in the day, like people had their children much, much younger in their 20s. And now it's so not, it's normal to not have children at 28, 30, 33, 35. I mean, it's just not necessarily the main focus for, I would say, a lot of I guess my generation of the millennials. And so I didn't have my son until I was 28 years old, but that was strategically planned because I wanted to make sure that I I obviously found the right mate. And I wanted to make sure that I was in a place 
that being an entrepreneur, I have the support of, you know, the person whom I had a child with and that I would be able to still move full throttle in my business and not have to give it up, become a maybe like full-time stay-at-home mom or kind of just, like I said, just get just get rid of my dream that I've been, I mean, at this point, it's, it's now a dream for me to have my business, you know, at a certain place in life, you know, where it's more of a brand from, you know, it goes from a at-home business to more of a recognizable mm-hmm. brand. So I had that. And not to make this a sad story because I I believe that in anything that happens to us in life that we don't expect, I believe that there's good later on down the road. It's just that you have to, you, you have to like take its course. So with that being said, I got pregnant. I had my son, his father and I were together for about three and a half years. And while I was pregnant, I, him and I purchased our first home. So we were actually starting our little mini family. He already previously had a six-year-old daughter who Mm -hmm. I absolutely adore. And so, yeah, that was my life. So I was finally going from, I guess, my parents to now creating my own kind of life. So it was really exciting for me. And then once I had my son, just three weeks later, he was in a, for me, it's a, he's still living, but it, for me, I call it a tragic car accident because it left him with a TBI, which is mm-hmm. a traumatic brain injury. So once he had that happen, everything shifted for me. Um, it, it was pretty bad to the point that even till this day, he doesn't know who I am or who his son is. And just, in all in general he doesn't really recall yeah his life so that's where he is at this point for the remainder of his life so it really made me have to one i had to instantly get back to working and two it just put a lot of things in perspective because i depended upon this person even though i was still you know, doing my own business, making my own income still as an entrepreneur, you have to, I I would tell anybody this and not to scare you, but you have to pay to get paid. You have to put in so much of your own finances, rather it's personal savings or borrowed money in order to even see, start seeing the wheels turn, meaning bringing in money. So It's not a it's not an easy journey whatsoever being an entrepreneur. And I always say that you have to be so strong, not just for the good times, but for the Mm -hmm. bad times, because you need to be able to weather, you know, because it happens. Business is Mm -hmm. up and down all the time. So when I became a single mom instantly, I had to make a decision. I am so thankful every single day that I have a supportive family because I literally at that moment had to make a decision. Do I have to go the corporate, do I have to go down the corporate path or do I continue to develop my, my business? And so by having the support system of my family, 
in them, you know, watching my son for me while I go out and, you know, acquire new retail accounts or, you know, have business meetings or just whatever. That is the only reason why. And I, I, and I can't make it any more clear than this, that it's the only reason why I've been able to continue to be a full-time entrepreneur while being a full-time single mom. Yeah, that definitely took a lot of, I mean, power on your part and support, like you said, from your family, because that's such a hard thing to do. Were you also working, like, were you working another job too while you were getting your business started or had you kind of been depending on your, your, your partner's um, income or like, how was that working? Yes. So during the time of, while I was pregnant, um, my mom has a really busy salon. So every now and again, as she would need me, I would go and I would help her. And obviously she would pay me to help her. But, um, you know, as far as the business side, like marketing, advertising, because I mean, I'm able to, I, I do that too. I do a lot of my own, I do a lot of my own graphics, a lot of my own. So I was able to take those skills and help her with her business. But other than that, no, just full time um, running my own business. And yes, I depended on his income too. So we had, so we had two incomes that was able to keep our livelihood afloat. So once I no longer had his income, then I had to just really hustle. I really had to hustle, hustle, hustle to be able to, you know, pay, to be able to pay to support my business, to be able to pay to support me and my son personally. I mean, because I don't have any other full-time job past that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean, I can only imagine like all of us at some point have relied on somebody else like be it a parent or a partner or a spouse or whatever in in that way especially financially so I can only imagine what that was like to you know be thinking like like you said with your house like for example you guys bought that together thinking you know you would have both of your incomes and then one of them was cut off right yes his income was cut off so what happened was And this is a bit of a sensitive subject just because, you know, his family, they, when I, when the accident took place a few days after, his family just came in and took over everything. Hmm. This is one thing I can say, and this is just being very, just open and honest. I will never would never ever again depend on someone to get something for me. So for an example, in in this particular case, the house that we were in was in his name mm-hmm. and I contribute to, so the way we had it set up was that he paid the mortgage and I paid all the utilities. So when this happened, his family came in and just completely took over and kind of pushed me and our son out of the way. And that too happens when you're not married. So we were not married. And even though we had plans on marrying later on that year, the accident happened so fast after, I mean, just three weeks short of, you know, me having our son. So 
we didn't get there. We didn't get to that point. So by law, I'm not next of kin. I couldn't make any decisions. So I had to leave the home. And at the time, my parents, they told me, they gave, they said, listen, we don't want you to, we don't want you to worry because you honestly, you're just having a baby. You just had a baby and you, you have a lot on you. So at the time I was just going to get my son and myself an apartment and my parents didn't feel that I was emotionally ready to just do everything myself. So I went back home for a bit and until I could basically just get myself to a point where I felt like, okay, now I can be back on my own doing what I need to do for me and my son. So having that support of my parents, and which it was hard because as you become an adult, you don't want to have to, you know, you want to lean on your parents for, you know, advice and things of that nature. You don't want to lean on them like, you know, hey, you know, (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> now I I'm houseless <laughs> and I didn't plan to be houseless right yeah and now I have a little dependent <laughs> yeah you know? exactly. I have a little newborn baby <laughs> <laughs> on my hip <laughs> so yeah you know hey can I crash on the couch like right so you know no you you don't you, you don't want to do that so I, again like I said I was able to have that support. And what I did was I just quickly, instead of mourning in my situation, I knew that it didn't matter how hurt I was because bills didn't stop. And I was not going to reach out to my customers and say, Hey, I'm down on my luck right now. And I just had this happen to me. I just, I don't know. I, I just can't do that. Right. I'm the type that I'm, I practice being resilient through the toughest storms possible. And, you know, I'm not one to stay down. So if, if I, if set, if I have a setback in my life, I always look at it as a setup for a comeback. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I took those first few months of my son's life and I just, I hustled, I hustled. And that was the turning point because at first I wasn't in any like retail type stores. And um, so I was just solely 100% selling online. That was my only avenue. And it took for that to happen for me to say in business, Mm -hmm. you have to have several different avenues and be okay with it appearing like you're all over the place when in actuality you're not because when one avenue is down, you have two or three more avenues that's keeping everything afloat until that avenue that's down picks back up. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was it that what was it that kept you going, I guess, in pursuing like the dream of owning your own business or of just seeing 
Giotti get started when there might have been like a more tempting offer of like just working this nine to five job that where you'll have like a definite income and you don't have to put in any money? Yes. So to answer that question, freedom, what I mean by that is growing up, I, so I, I don't ever recall my mom working for anyone. And if she ever had to take up a side hustle, I just can't remember. Watching my mom having have the freedom to make money while navigating her own schedule, allowing her to be there for my brother and I and everything that we did, all of our extracurricular mm-hmm. activities, whatever, and she was always there. That is what makes me keep going because there are so many days. I mean, I would, it, it would be so false if I sat here and I said that I, the many days that I'm like, is this really for me? <laughs> Why am I doing this? Why am I stressing out this bad? Why am I taking these kind of hits? Why am I taking these type of risks? And yeah. being a business owner, you take so many risks in life and that's risking everything. You risk your credit. You risk not having money. You risk not being able to take you know, vacations. You risk not doing things for yourself mm-hmm. to have a company that you want to see get to a certain level. I mean, for me per se, I even risk saying, okay, I'm going to put what I personally want to do on the back burner so that I can go and hire an actual marketer because I'm at the point in my career that I can no longer be the one woman that wears a hundred hats. So just knowing that at the end of the road, I've worked this hard for my freedom, meaning that I don't have to, you know, really answer to a boss and then, you know, or one day wake up frantic, worried that I might, you know, be laid off somewhere or, you know, like I said, ever since I've started being in business, I don't feel that I've had the same respect as if maybe I was working a corporate job. So many entrepreneurs probably that you've talked to or that um, you will talk to in the future will tell you that people don't take us serious. Mm-hmm. And people always say, you know, how how are you able to sustain? How are you able to pay bills? I, I have to know that every two weeks I'm going to have a check and I have to know this and that. And that's fine. There are so many people that make this world go and we need everyone for everything just about. But with entrepreneurs, we really, really risk it all for freedom. Mm -hmm. And to know that we worked hard from, especially like, you know, when you're self, more of a self-made individual. So meaning that someone didn't just give you money to get started with a business or you didn't just inherit money and just, you know, have the cash flow to be able to just put your money into something. When you are a, a self-made starting from yeah. dust, a business of dust and growing it, I mean, it's really gratifying at the end that you were able to accomplish something that most people didn't think that you would. They saw that more trying times than the triumph Mm -hmm. times. So 
that's what keeps me going in the fact that at some point my son is going to get 18 and he, I, I would love to, by that point, be able to give him something that he could inherit. Rather, he wants to take over my business of making products or not, at least give him something that, you know, I can say, he can say, you know, I watched my Mm -hmm. mom as a single mom really, really grow and not give up when, I mean, there were so many times that she could have just to make sure that I had Mm -hmm. everything that I needed to have. Oh, I love that. I I think that's really cool. And it's definitely, I mean, like, it's kind of like one of those things where there's risks and rewards with being a business owner, like, and there's probably a lot more risk than there is reward. But that freedom piece, I think is probably one of the biggest rewards, Um, especially for parents, I, I feel like I see that want to be able to be there for their kids and like, be the type of parent that they want to be while still working. Um, but I will say too, that I really admire what you've done because I, I feel like for most of the people that I know, they're also able to rely on like a spouse or partner and that income of like a little bit being more stable maybe, but you really had to risk a lot to, you know, make this work. So I think that's really, really admirable. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, so I want to ask you a couple more questions about being a single mom, just because I feel like that really is something that is more and more common in our society today. Like most of us probably know at least one single mom. I know I was raised by a single mom. And so I want to ask you maybe like, what are some stereotypes that you've encountered about kind of your role, like being a working single mom? Um, or just women that are like you, like things you've encountered that you would want to address? So the first thing that I've encountered is the stereotype that single moms get is that we are poor. (laughs) We struggle so bad and we need government (laughs) assistance. (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously, There are things in our society that are put in place for certain, you know, circumstances, and that is well-respected and well-taken. But not all of us single moms have that as, one, an issue, or two, a way to get, like like, a mentality in getting through. Sure. And what I mean by that, to clarify, because... I am for, I'm, I am a feminist. (laughs) So I, I am so for women just being more together, like as a whole and not so against each other and not so judgmental of one another. Rather, we are, you know, stay at home moms and our husbands are millionaires or rather, you know, we are working, hardworking moms. And, you know, we have to, you know, take business trips and we have to be at meetings more than we can be at our children's, you know, soccer practices, or rather we're just plain old Mm -hmm. single moms. I think that that stereotype sucks because it's generalized Mm -hmm. as a whole. And that is so not true. So for me per se, there were times where I honestly could have, especially in the very, very beginning when my son was, you know, just more so of an infant, 
I could have applied for, you know, because I'm, you know, entrepreneur. So I, I, I could have, as far as income wise, I could have applied for certain programs or certain, you know, I, I guess help. But for me, I did not, I didn't want to do that. And the reason why I didn't want to do that is because whenever you are handed things, I feel like you don't know how to appreciate it as much as if Mm -hmm. you are just to work hard Mm -hmm. for what you have in life. And so growing up, I did not, my mom was not a single mom. My my parents, I turned 30 this year and my parents are, have celebrated back in April, either 29 or 30 or 31 years of marriage. Mm. So I didn't grow up in a, like a single parent household. And then Mm -hmm. my mother did not grow up in a single parent household. My grandmother was married to her father. And when she divorced him, my mother and her brother were already grown and married with children. So when it came to me, the third generation between the three of us, and I was instantly like a single mom. Yeah. My mom and my grandma did not encourage me to, because that's who, those are my inspirations. Those, those are who, you know, if anything, you know, you know, goes wrong, that's who I look to talk to. So they did not encourage those things for me. They did not encourage me to, they didn't encourage me to take handouts. They encouraged me to just go through the storm and fight your way out of it. And I'm so happy because there are times where I'm like, oh, could you guys help me or could y'all do this and this and that? And they just honestly, it's like that good old tough love. And I'm yeah. so happy that they did that to me as a woman because it's really made me very strong. Mm-hmm. And I was having a conversation with my mom the other day and she said, Honey, I feel sometimes when you're venting and you're just feeling so, you know, like sometimes you just want to, you know, give up on certain things. She said, I want to just step in and help you. And I just want to, you know, because I know I can and I just want to make things right for you and make things better for you. She said, but I just you got to activate your faith, girl. And I just got to let you get out here and you just have to just do it. Do it yourself. And because at the end of the day, you're going to be so happy. And then my grandma always says, well, you know, grandma's getting older. So (laughs) I'm not going to always be here on this earth with you. So I need you to, I need you to gain the life experiences and the struggles so that, you know, you're able to do it even when I'm long Mm -hmm. gone. So I truly take that very serious. And so when it came, when it comes to the stereotype of single moms are struggling all the time and this, this, that, and the other, I'm one to tell you, when I make my mind up about something that I want to do, I do it. So for an example, I always knew that I wanted my children to have private school education. I wanted certain curriculums for them. And I wanted, you know, I I just, I just, that was something that I was interested in long before I had children. I, I did not grow up in private schools. I grew up in public schools, which is 
totally fine. But I just knew that that was something that I wanted for my children. So ideally, you you do need to a, a two parent income to be able to do something because it it gets costly yeah. like like rent <laughs> it really does to have your child in there and so I just said to myself I said well how come I have to why do I have to settle because I don't have my son's father why do I have to settle for something that that's not what I initially wanted to do. So I just, I worked hard. I work hard and I got my son into a private school that he's been in going on a year now. And it's every time that tuition comes, it stresses the hell out of me. However, I, I just, I, I, I'm doing it and I don't look back. And that's how I live my life. Whatever I say I'm going to do, that's what I'm going to do. Like in a year from now, I want to be able to purchase myself for the first time my own home. So that's what I'm going to do. That's that's what I'm aligning myself and setting myself up to do and still be a full-time entrepreneur and still be a full-time single mom. And when I say a full-time single mom, let me let me clarify. That means even though I'm constantly, constantly pulled into my business, I'm still constantly, constantly going to be there for my son's extracurricular activities to, to drop him off. I'm not going to have, I will write what I may, that's what I mainly do. Mm -hmm. I don't have someone, you know, taking him to swim lessons or, you know, taking him to school. Sometimes I'll be honest, if I have a meeting that runs over, yes, I do need someone to pick him up, but I am there. He sees mommy is there. So I'm not, I just can't, as busy as I am, I cannot let go still of my responsibilities that first comes my son and then everything else aligns itself. Does it make sense? Yeah, no, that does. That's, I'm really glad that you pointed that out because I do think kind of going back to what you first said that the stereotypical vision of a single mom is just like struggle and like, oh man, that's so sad. Like, I feel so bad for them. Their life must be so hard. And I'm, I know I've probably fallen into the trap of like thinking that way um, before, even though I was raised by a single mom and I wouldn't say it was like a life marked by severe struggle or anything. But yeah, I'm really glad that you pointed that out. And then I have one more myth. Okay. Um. Yeah. The other myth is um, that single moms are always on a hunt for a man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That we are on the hunt for a man to come in and save us and our children. Right. You need a man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, 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 listen, more power to whoever, whomever, you know, wants to do that and that's fine, whatever. But... And I only can speak for myself because, mm-hmm. again, these myths are generalized for us all, even us all who don't do that. Sure. <laughs> so there are some single moms out here, myself included, that are actually really busy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we do not have 
the time necessarily to be on the prowl or on the hunt for <laughs> for a daddy. Yeah. <laughs> it, <clears throat> I say that jokingly because again, I'm pro women, so I don't I don't shame or put anyone down, but I just don't t- typically I just don't personally want to be, you know, necessarily categorized by something that I'm not. Right. For me, it's always been, okay, now that I don't have my son's father actively in his life or my life, um, it is important that I I go through this journey with my son with a fine-tooth comb and that I make sure that I don't fall into, because this is so easy and it can happen to us all because we are so human and imperfect and we get to a point where we're like, well, I have needs too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all I'm doing is just giving, 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 giving of myself. And I'm not taking care of any of my needs, probably to why I love my company so much, because I can go light up a candle or take a, a great smelling shower at any given time mm-hmm. to relax me when I need that me time. But it's important that I make sure that I am going through this journey with my son where his input matters. And I don't want to, it doesn't matter for me that he's just two years old and, you know, what does he really know? Like that, I never look at it like that. And I never will look at it like that. I want to make sure that when I do finally get to a point where I'm open to date again, that my son is involved and that I'm not, and when I say involved, that doesn't mean like date a person, keep like date a person, then it doesn't work out, date another yeah. person, and I introduce them to each person. That means that when I finally find someone that that I would like to be serious with, I want to make sure that that person is not just only interested in me and just accepting the fact that I have a kid, but that that person is interested Mm -hmm. in my kid too. I think that that's important. And one thing that I see, and I'm not a judgmental, I'm not really like, I don't, I'm okay, how how do I want to say this? I'm not a judge, judgmental person like that. But one thing that I've experienced and seeing happen is I've experienced women putting their kids on the back burner for that. Yeah. And it breaks my heart for the child because at the end of the day, my son is so innocent and he didn't, you know, he didn't ask to be in a situation where, you know, he has a father that, you know, is what's handicapped. Yeah. In a way where he can't really interact with him, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why my point in saying that is children matter to me and their mind, their mental, as well as their physical, like all of that matters and their emotions matter. And mm-hmm. so I just want to make sure that I'm not just making decisions just for myself without my son feeling comfortable as well. I mean, it, it he matters. Mm-hmm. So that's not true that 
all single moms are out here on the prowl. Some of us really do want to make sure that we are in line with our children and that it's a win-win for us all and not just a few of us in the equation. Yeah. Well, Diamond, I can just tell you that from someone that can maybe relate like more. I mean, I definitely was not in the same situation that your son is in with um, having a parent that isn't going to be in their life. I mean, I guess you you would probably say he is in his life, but not in a parental role, really. Yeah, not in a parental yeah. right. Um, mm-hmm. So different circumstances than that, but just from someone who did have single parents and, you know, ha- dealt with that and, like, parents dating and everything. And my parents didn't date a lot. Like, it, it wasn't like there were different boyfriends or girlfriends all the time or something. But whenever they did date, they always asked me, like, after I first got to know whoever they were with, they would always say, like, what do you think? Like, do you like that person? And my dad ended up getting remarried. And I remember whenever I first met my now stepmom, he asked, like, do you like her? Because you come first. Like, he was, he really wanted to make sure that I liked her and that I was okay with her moving in and that, you know, just all those things. And to me, that was just normal because both my parents treated me with kind of that respect and yeah just treated me that way but I I see I feel like I see especially in movies like the evil stepmom is such a popular character to have but even that's for real some people's lives like where they have a step parent that they just hate that they don't get along with at all and I'm like did your parents not consult you on this choice because it really (laughs) affects your life and I guess I really take that for granted because not all parents do like for some parents it's it's just their decision And I definitely just agree with your mindset that it's kind of more a family decision, like, because, like you said, it wasn't your son's choice to be in the situation that he is. And so I think that's really cool that you already, even though he's only two at this point, but that you already like respect him enough to involve him in that way. Yep, absolutely. Like you said, it, it affects you. And as a parent, I mean, now that I'm a parent, I can understand how it affects adults. You know, some people, some, sometimes you're like, like you said, you're still like hovering over that, you know, you're like 35 now. Like, who are you? So, right. but no, that really affects people. And then as they get older and they are in relationships, they take on that, they take, they carry that baggage into there. So it becomes an ongoing, you know, issue. So you can stop it from the beginning by just saying, Hey, I decided to have a child or two. And so now, you know, I have to put myself in more of a selfless role, as opposed to a selfish, all about me type role, then I mean, you, 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 you truly are doing, you're truly doing your, your children a favor so that they don't have to harbor over those over those type of feelings as adults. Right. Yeah, 100%. And that's probably true in many areas in life and not even just for single parents, but just kind of for parents in general. So since you talked about kind of the myths that you felt like were around being a single parent, what are some of the things that are true about being a single parent that you feel like people need to know or like maybe challenges that you have that other parents might not know about? So some things that are true about being a single parent is 
you 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 hardly have me time. So you don't. So by the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, you are running pretty much. So if so, rather you are first thing in the morning, you're you're dropping your your kid off, and then you're going to work, and then when you get home, you. Or when you get off of work, you're picking your kid up. Then when you get home, you're either cooking dinner if you didn't pick up dinner. And then you're bathing them and you're getting ready, you know, for the next day. Versus if you weren't a single parent, someone can, like you can tag team. Yeah. Does that make sense? So someone can do something while the other one is doing something else that they may need mm-hmm. to do for themselves. So for me, for an example... I really barely have time to do personal things that I need to do for myself because even though I have great family support, again, I'm more of a independent right. individual type of person. So my parents, one isn't even 50 and the other one barely is 50 and they are still they're both still working. They're not retired. So, and, and they're, they still travel. They have friends. They have a life. So I can't just all the time be like, can you watch my, can you watch my son so that I can do this or can you do that or this and that? Right. Because they're tired too. So, um, at the end of the day and their weekends, sometimes they want to be just that their weekend. Yeah. So I can't just, right. So it's, it falls on me at the end of the day. I am the mommy and the daddy. When you are a single parent, it is true. You are, if you are a woman, you're the mommy and daddy. If you are a man, you are the mommy and daddy. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. And what so for me, the mommy side of me is the nurturing side. You know, I'm, I'm constantly teaching him. I have the patience, this, this, and that. I'm running him back and forth to his whatever swim lessons or, you know, play date or just, you know, I'm taking him shopping or whatever. And then the daddy side of me, I'm out here, you know, I, I have to take him to get his haircuts. Um, I have to, I mean, I'm outside picking up bugs. We're, we're squishing ants and, you know, <laughs> caterpillar, you know, um, playing with caterpillars, things that typically a woman wouldn't want to do. Right. I'm teaching my son, you know, we're, we're playing in the dirt, we're playing in the mud. I'm doing all the daddy stuff. I'm throwing the ball with him. I'm, you know, it's, it's a nonstop routine and I barely get enough time for myself. On average, Mm -hmm. I get four to five hours of sleep a night Mm -hmm. and five hours on a good night. Because when I have to take the time out to take them to the park, throw a ball or take them to a play date or run to swim lessons or, or, or whatever it is I have to do, then the things that I'm not doing during daylight business hours, I have to do in the wee hours of the morning so that I'm still meeting my deadline. Sure. Yeah, because like you said, you weren't you're not gonna like he's gonna come first, you know, you're not gonna work, work, work and miss out on being a mom. That's correct. Yes, I'm not gonna do that. So with that being said, I've had to I've had to take on the challenges of hiring help in my company. So where I have an assistant and I have a marketer, those are the 
those are the two people that I have right now. And I'm needing to start to hire some sales reps to go out here and either, you know, acquire new accounts or just nourish the accounts that I have. I'm starting to get to that point. And when I say it's a challenge, I mean, it's a challenge on one person, you know, where I'm constantly worried and figuring out how everything is going to get paid because everything has to get paid. Mm -hmm. And then that's just business. That's not personal. Then in my personal life, I mean, I still have a life. I still have a, a, a livelihood. And then I have a dependent. He has a whole separate livelihood from me. Mm-hmm. So that's three departments <laughs> yeah. that has to get taken care of. And as a single person, a single mom, I mean, I have to make sure that everything gets taken care of. I cannot go and ask my parents, can you pay my payroll? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or can you pay, you know, they're like, no, that's not my job. So I I can't, I can't do that. Or, you know, can you pay my car note? Can you do something? No, I can't do that. And it's not even fair to ask them to do that. Again, I take full responsibility for my choices and decisions. And unfortunately, what happened to me, one was unforeseen. It wasn't something that I could prepare for. It just happened. You can't time a car accident. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't. You can't time. In, you you know, it's not something that I had time to prep for, where I could save some money a little bit. I, I just got thrown into it. So, with that being said, that's not my parents' responsibility. That's not my grandparents' responsibility. That's the responsibility between me and his father. And unfortunately, his father's accident was due to a very irresponsible choice that his father made. Mm -hmm. So I have to take up or I have to take the hits for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I just I feel like that kind of goes back to what you were saying about depending on someone else and how like financially for one you were in that with somebody else and then that got taken away totally unexpectedly but yeah we didn't even really talk about yet the little even just day to day like if you forget something at home you're the only one that can go get it like nobody else can bring it for you or whatever just like those little things that we so easily like rely on a partner for Mm -hmm. like fixing dinner or whatever like if I go pick him up from school can you fix dinner or whatever or if I make dinner can you do the dishes like you're doing all those things and yeah that's I mean that's a lot of responsibility day in and day out on top of everything else you're trying to do. And so it makes sense that you are tired a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, what's challenging is in business, there is a such thing as a slow peak, a slow time period. So when business is slow and you still have all of those responsibilities on your back, I mean, that's, Literally, I stay having to recreate my business and redirect and recreate my marketing. I stay having to do that because I now have a a livelihood or a lifestyle that I've grown into, 
you know, where I need constant, constant, every day, every day, constant, constant cash flow. So, you know, I would say if this was a big pie, I, I probably stay 50% stress, stress. (laughs) and then the other 50%, I just let let it go into the universe and let it take care of itself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what else can you do in that situation? Just go take a shower with your shower bomb. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. So I don't know. I've just, I'm, again, I'm glad that I am in the business that I'm in because you, I always need something therapeutic and that that helps me. I'm able to have many candlelit dinners. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm glad. That's good for you. So have you looked up Giotti yet so you can order yourself some shower bombs? You're going to want to do that pronto. I ordered the lavender one and the eucalyptus one, and I'm currently awaiting them in the mail. I can't wait to get them. In part two of this conversation, Diamond and I are going to be talking more about her business and her specific products that she sells, so you'll get to learn more all about those. But thinking back to this conversation, I so enjoyed so many of her points. I learned a ton in hearing about the stereotypes that are surrounding single parents, especially single moms, and I know that I have definitely thought some of those before. Our society completely makes single moms out to just be constantly struggling and needing a man to save them. But as Diamond said, that's not always the case. I also liked some of the truths that she pointed out. I really had never thought about the fact that you don't get any time to yourself because it's all up to you. There's nobody else to depend on or to tag team the daily chores with or taking care of your child with. It's really all up to you. That seems dumb that I had never thought about that, but just picturing her trying to manage all those things on top of running her own business really put that in perspective for me. I also was really inspired and loved the way that Diamond shows respect for her son, who's only two at this time, and planning on involving him in her dating life once she's ready to take that on. Hearing how much she values her child's input and her child's life and respects the fact that he didn't ask to be in the situation that he's in, it means so much to me, especially being the child of single parents. Overall though, I think what hit me the hardest is just hearing how hard Diamond had to work and how resilient she was in the face of such a tragedy. I cannot imagine giving birth and just a few weeks later essentially losing my partner. That would be hard enough to manage on its own, let alone deciding whether or not to keep a brand new business running. I love her optimism and just her spirit of resilience. I found it truly inspiring and I'm sure you felt the same way. Make sure you keep an eye out for the next episode releasing in two weeks where I am releasing part two of this conversation. Like I said, this conversation was too good for me to cut anything out and so I just decided to release it in two parts rather than one long one. I know you're going to enjoy the rest of what Diamond has to share because, like I said, I learned so much from her. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so that you can get the latest episodes all straight to your phone as soon as they're released, and that way you can hear part two as soon as it's ready. While you're over there, I would totally appreciate you leaving me a rating or a review. It really helps me out and helps other people to find the show. 
Until then, make sure you go check out Diamond on Instagram. You're going to love learning more about her products and you're definitely going to want to order some of those shower bombs. So make sure to check that out right away. Until then, keep seeking to change the world, keep thinking about how you can love the single parents in your life, and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out!